Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey Turkaholics, medical tourism is a booming business right now in Turkey and the reason for that is because you're paying less for great quality work, especially when it comes to hair transplants and dental work. Hair World Turkey is an official sponsor of the English Premier League. In fact, you may have already seen their ads on the sidelines in the Premier League. And like I said, they specialize in both hair transplants and dental work. In fact, when you go in for a hair transplant, most people need just one session. Some people will need two, however, and a session costs 2,000 euros. But that price doesn't just include the hair transplant itself. It also includes two nights at a five-star hotel as well as transport from and to the hotel and from and to the hospital where you'll, of course, undergo your transplant. The only thing you need to take care of yourself is your transportation to Turkey, so your airfare, that's something you'll have to take care of yourself. But the rest is basically fully covered by Hair World Turkey. And like I said, they don't just do hair transplants, they also do full dental work. And a full new Hollywood smile will put you back 5,300 euros. Now, that sounds like a lot of money, but I can tell you that in Belgium, for example, you pay five to 600 euros per tooth now i think most people have around what is it 24 teeth in their mouth so well yeah you do the math how much is that going to set you back for a full set of implants or veneers well at hair world turkey it'll cost you 5300 euros or 4500 pounds and again that includes seven nights at a five-star hotel because obviously uh, dental work will take a little bit longer and it also includes the transport from and to the hotel now once again hair world turkey is a proud sponsor of the english premier league so you know you're dealing with professionals here and you may have no you may already know or you may not know yet but turkey is at the top of the world when it comes to dental work and hair transplants you can just google it and find out for yourself Anyway, if you're interested in having either your hair done or your teeth, contact Hairwell Turkey today and see what they can do for you. You can go to hwtclinic.com for more information on hair transplants or dental work. Turkaholics and welcome back to Football Ala Turka for match day 18 in the Turkish Super League 2019-2020 season. We're back from the January break. Not much has happened in terms of transfers in the transfer window. We already spoke about that a little bit. The big signings happened really early on with uh, Badu Ndiaye joining Trabzonspor, Marcelo Saracci joining uh, Galatasaray and of course Henry Onyukuru joining Galatasaray. One note on that Henry Onyukuru has uh, unfortunately uh, suffered from malaria and he's still recovering from that so he won't be fit to play for Galtzray early on. Um, but yeah, let's uh, just get to the introductions. My name is Kam Bayezid. I am joined by a full panel once again. Jakub Marofola, Burak Sizgin, the man of the law, Özer Dinger and Umut Nadiri are joining me today to talk a little bit about the Turkish Super League returning. Guys, thanks for joining me. Hello. Hello. 
Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast, guys and girls. It's good to be back in your ears right now. You make it sound so dirty, Burak. <laughs> Uh, well, before we get to the Super League, though, uh, which we're all excited about, I think, that it started again after a couple of weeks of a hiatus, but we have Turkish Cup football, too, that happened. The round of 16 first leg matches occurred this past week, during the midweek. Um, and just quickly going to run down the scores there. We're not going to go too much into detail about the Turkish Cup just yet. It's still early days. Once we get to the, the quarterfinals and the semifinals, maybe we'll go a little bit more in-depth. But for now, I'm just going to run down the first leg scores. So, Başakşi here drew with Kirklareli Spor 1-2-1. Sivas Spor flattened Malatya Spor 4-0. That also ended in the sacking of Sergen Yalcin, who was not on the bench this weekend as Malatya played in the league. So he was sacked following this match. Sivas Spor, of course, the league leaders already with one leg in the quarterfinals with that result. Kayseri Spor Fenerbahce ended in a 0-0 draw. Alanya Spor Kasim Pasha ended in a 3-1 win for Alanya Spor. Bükşehir Belediye Erzurum Spor beat Besiktas 3-2 with a very late uh, dramatical winner after Besiktas had just dramatically equalized. So that ends 3-2 to the second division team. Riza Sport Galatasaray ended in a 1-1 draw. Some controversy there too for uh, a disallowed goal for Galatasaray, a non-given penalty, uh, which I think was more controversial than the actual disallowed goal. Then Antalya Spor beating Gustepe 4-3. And then Trabzonspor beating Denizlispor 2-0. These are all the results in the first leg. And the second legs will be played midweek this coming week. So uh, probably by the time you're listening to this, one or two matches may have already occurred. Um, guys, is there anyone that wants to say something about the midweek matches in the Turkish Cup? Crickets? Uh, I was just going to say the uh, Antalya Gostepe game, which finished 4 3. That was a bit of a cracker. Mm-hmm. The, the fixture was repeated in the league this year, which ended which, <laughs> this weekend, which ended in a lot of goals. So that, that could be an interesting one to watch in terms of the second legs. Yeah. Apart from Gala Rizzo as well, which obviously finishing 1 1 made it quite tasty in leg two. For sure. Um, anyone else? Anything to add? Jakub, maybe you would have wished uh, that this result would have happened in the league instead of the cup? I mean, it is what it is. It's um, <laughs> um, I'm 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 happy anyway. You know, um, the the Denis Spor games are really hard always. So mm-hmm. yeah, they've shown the that. results, and they showed and it good, again this match today. And good to see that Badu is playing playing really good. Okay, um, nobody anything left to add, and we shall move on to the Super League results. Okay, so we'll, we're going to change up the format a little bit, people, so you'll listen. It, you'll hear it as you listen. Uh, so on in the Super League's return on match day 18 on Friday, we hit Ankara Gajut taking on Konya Spor, and covering this match is Burak. Yes, yes, yes. Um, you, you could point to this as a potential six-pointer, but it involved two teams around the, the relegation area, Ankara Gajut in a more precarious position than Konya Spor, and... It was a, a good game of attacking football. Um, having having seen extended highlights and, and listened to some analysis, it looks like Konyaspor probably had a little bit more of the attacking possession. They had a few more attempts on goal. I think the Ankara Guju goalkeeper, uh, Mr. Chelikai, was the, the most busy. Um, and then 
not much really happened. No, no real talking points until the the ninety plus f- second minute of stoppage time, where uh, Levan Shengaye uh, scored for Konyaspor to to win the game after an assist from Riyad Bayic. But the real talking story is the the lead up to the goal, where I believe there was a foul on the Ankaraguja player. Um, and I'm not aware if this even went to, to VAR or not. But having seen the position um, in real time slowed down, it's, it seems to me it's quite clear that the, the Konyaspor player jumps up and actually leans and pushes down on the shoulder of the, the Ankara Guja player to head the ball, which is is illegal. It's that not would allowed. Be I think, take it. Because, uh, I'm, I'm not sure if it was actually Baich that that did the header. Um, I think he headed it through to uh, to Shengalia, No, wasn't it Baich? He, he gave the assist, but before that happened, the build-up to the play, there was a, a foul from another Connoisseur player. I think it was either one of their defenders. It could have been either Anicic or I, um, maybe even Fundukla. Um uh, I can't recall which one it is off the top of my head right now, but it was in the... Konyaspor half, ball comes in, both players jump up with a header, Konyaspor player quite um, blatant to see, puts his, I think it's his right shoulder onto the right shoulder of, his right arm onto the right shoulder of the, the Ankara Guja player to get leverage, to get height, Ankara Guja play, football player falls over, maybe he played it up a bit but it wasn't a blatant dive like we see a lot of the time where people go down like they've been shot by a sniper. Um, but to me, that was a foul. It should have been far reviewed, and the goal should have been chalked off. And I think a draw would have been a fairly fair result. Um, but I think Konyaspor had the more upper hand with regards to their attacking. So for them, it's um, a welcome win after a winless five games. But for Ankara Gujar, they've extended their unbeaten run. I mean, they're, they're winless run now to six games and they sit precariously on 12 points in 17th place. So they, they are more than entitled to feel hard done by. Um, and, and I think that, that wraps up there. A controversial decision in the uh, added time at the end of the game there. Yeah, I just watched it back and I think it's a little harsh to disallow a goal for. I don't know. What, did anyone else manage to uh, watch it or, or quickly watch it back and, and then maybe uh, sh- give your opinions? I mean, yeah, there's. I don't know. He just jumps higher and there is contact, sure, but I don't think he's using his opponent to climb higher, you know? I think it's just, yeah, okay, he's, he's got his hand on him, but the the the, the Angregju player wasn't going, uh, going to win that header anyway. Hey, he wasn't maybe he wasn't going to win it, but to to use your opponent for for leverage like that, and to he always like jumps into him. It's not like they both jump directly up into the air. Um, in which case, it's the the Konyaspor player is jumping into like maybe it's at like and I'd say maybe a, a twenty seven degree angle that he jumps, but he actually he leans into the uh, the player. And Ankara Guja player who who goes down. So, yeah, if anything, you could it should also have... say the Ankara Guja player is backing up into him. I think. Um, not for me. 
not for me. For me, that should have at least for me that should have at least been reviewed because it's you know the last minute of the game. You can you can see yeah. even even when it's being played um full speed, um actual speed, you can see that there's more of a jumping into the player from the Konya spot opponent. So that I think should have at least alerted the video assisted referee's attention, um, which it didn't. And again, we come to the issue of consistency. But what can I do sometimes, eh? Anyone else uh, want to uh, give their ikikurush on uh, this position? Don't think so. Then let's move on to Saturday, when where we have Alanya Spor hosting Kaiseri Spor, who are in deep trouble, of course, at the bottom of the table. And again, Burak is going to tell us a bit more of how the scoring proceeded in this match. Well, this absolutely warms my heart to see Kaiser Spor get absolutely battered by Alanya because they're a bunch of little shits. And they'll probably no doubt beat us in the cup um, this week because I've just said that. But it fills my heart with joy that they are probably going to be relegated um, this season and good riddance to them. And I hope they enjoy obscurity for however many seasons it takes them to get back into the uh, Super League. Hopefully it will not be in the coming decade. But um, 5-1, lots of goals in this. But I think uh, the, the big story of this is the Alonso Sport going 1-0 up in the 38th minute via um, Savelas. But then in uh, added minutes of you know, in stoppage time in the first half, you have Zoran Kruzic. Mm-hmm. I think I butchered that pronunciation with a red card. Um, initially given as a yellow, goes to VAR and is then overturned and uh, a red is given. Mm-hmm. And and for me, that's a very harsh decision. Um, having seen it, um, seen it back in normal speed, slow motion, maybe it's my eyes, maybe I'm going blind, but I can't see full, dangerous, reckless, violent intent from Zoran to attack the Alonisor player. He he loses the ball and he just to me it looks like he just reaches his leg out and I can't see any connection, real connection with the the foot, the ankle, any part of the shin. I mean, if that's a red card, then I don't know what's going on with regards to the Turkish it's, Cup. It's mainly that it's a, it's a to tackle from behind perhaps and that therefore it's deemed uh, dangerous. Um, that could have been going through the uh, the VAR's mind. Mm-hmm. But if that's the case, then what about the the Trabzonspor challenge in the cup mm. where he completely did a a Jackie Chan into the, the guy's shin? Well, Jackie Chan, obviously, I'm exaggerating here, but that was a much more severe tackle, and that didn't get the same treatment. So um, they do have VAR in the cup games as well, right, if I'm not mistaken? yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I'm like, again, we come to the issue of consistency. For me, that was a, a harsh red card because I can't see it. I can't see the laws of the game because, of course, I'm a man of the law applying to that particular challenge. But that's my interpretation. I didn't deem it as violent, even coming from behind. I can't. I don't know if there's any law somewhere that says you have to be extra strict if it's a tackle from behind and the side rather than from the front. But it was very harsh for Zoran um, to be sent off. Um, and that 
Attack but, from behind is deemed extra dangerous because the opponent can't see you coming, mm -hmm. so they can't take any precautions to avoid contact. So attack from behind is is automatically deemed more dangerous than any other challenge. But, but that doesn't it, necessarily mean it's a red card. So yeah. So for me, you know, my interpretation of it, it didn't look like there was any danger of the opponent being hurt. But obviously, the player who did get fouled went down like a, a sack of potatoes so it looked a lot worse than i think what it was which may have you know given a you know, change the referee's judgment when it shouldn't but it may have done and then i think that was essentially the nail in the coffin and then second half uh, just another three goals scored by alanya and they're on the beach having you know having a cocktail um Pedro Enrique, you know, gets a consolation in the 87th minute um, to make it 4-1. I think that was his fifth goal um, this season. Was that with a back heel, by the way? That looked, I only watched it once, but it looked like a nice goal on a, I think it was on a corner, but I, it seemed like he flicked it in with the back of his foot. I don't think it was a, it was a back heel, but it was just like a, a, a tidy finish. Um, so I'm trying to remember what it was. It was just, um, it was a shot on the turn. And he has um, more goals now than he has red cards, so good for him. Good, good for him. But to to add insult to injury, um, Junior Fernandez, who had come on as a substitute for Jalma, uh, scores his second goal in the 90th plus first minute as well, really to condemn Kaiser the sport to, to relegation. I think it is going to take some kind of miracle for them to escape this just by the the way they're playing i think what they're on their third manager this season there's a new chairperson and fourth chairperson <laughs> yeah god there this this it's it's chaos um so i don't know why didn't Prozenetsky... they beat you guys didn't they beat you guys in the cup the other day no nil nil was nil nil was it nil nil oh, nil okay. nil and they, yeah. they they were forced to drop Bernard Mensa from the squad too. I, I assume he's not oh, being man. paid. You know, they paid 3.8 million euros for him in the summer, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, for, oh, get, yeah. How, from, how the hell did they afford that? I remember we talked about this at Good the start question. of the season. Yeah. In, indeed, they must have been doing some extra pasta sales on the side. Yeah. <laughs> I fully expect them to beat us in the cup um, yeah. because that's the kind of stuff that happens. Um but yeah, um, there was no signs of the Kaiserslautern board that played like their children had been kidnapped when they played us earlier this season in the league. So honestly, they can fuck off down to the first division. <sighs> I just want to say that the the, the friendly um, opinion of Mr. Sezgin on Kaiserslautern is not reflected by our entire panel. No, exactly. Yeah, really yeah, offended Kaiserslautern fans listening out there. This 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 whole <laughs> they only play against us uh, spiel. I mean, that's a, just that's, that's such a a fan perspective. Come on. Um, watch watch this Alanya Sport game, and then watch how they played against us, and then it will be a completely different story. Um, I, I welcome any Kaiserslautern Sport fans to DM me, tweet me, <laughs> pigeon facts. Fucking AOL Messenger, <laughs> however, and, and try to justify why they performed. Yes, try they to justify why they gave a hundred percent against Fenerbahce. You shouldn't be playing at a hundred percent against Fener. Come on, people. Well, if you're going to be playing like that, I expect that every single game. You can't do that. Come on, you can't perform at the same level every single match. You know that's just not possible. That's not. That's not how football works. 
but you can at least attempt to give a shit and have some pride. Yeah, but it's it's all about you know if you concede that early goal, then you know what if your game plan is based on not conceding and suddenly you concede in the first half, then and then you get a red card, then you know. Shit, shit hits the fan, you know. Anyway, so what, what were you doing until the 30th minute when they scored? Fuck all. It was on a corner. <laughs> it was on a corner. You know? So, but what were Kaisers were doing for the first 38 minutes of that game? Holding on for dear life, clearly. <laughs> well, indeed. And I, I, I welcome their relegation from the league. I will I will have a Pastor Kurufasulia in their honour. Well, that's very nice of you. So anyway, as uh, Burek already mentioned, Giorgio Savelas got on the score sheet in the first half as the first Greek to score. And then in the second half, Anastasius Bacacetas, one of Umut's personal favorites, if I'm not mistaken, he got on the score sheet in the 59th minute. Papi Sisse got another goal in this match too to add to his tally for that, you know, that that, that, that race for the goals, the top Goal scorer uh, standings, uh, he's still in it, but somebody took a nice lead this this match day, which we'll talk about later. And then, as Burek mentioned, Junior Fernandez getting two goals here as well. So let's move on to the next one. A lot of runaway victories this match day. Bashakshi here here taking on Malatya Spor, and from Malatya Spor's 4-0 defeat in the cup against leaders Sivaspor. The things didn't really improve that much for them in the league, as Uzer will tell us now. That's right, that's right. So, Bashakshay with 4 1 up against uh, against Malatyaspor. Akambar Exposure really ripping it up in all competitions this year. 22nd minute, Edin Vizca's delightful volley um, to into the empty net following. Pretty cavalier punch by, by uh, Farnell. Then, six minutes later, Dembaba scored. Uh, and then again, had a goal, but this was disallowed because of a handball by Enzo. Caught by VAR. One, one rare good decision by VAR from, in the league that I've seen this year. Uh, and then again, 35 minutes in, Irfan Jan scores from outside the box. It's a beautiful weighted shot following a pretty well-organized attack from Bashakshir. Cliché into Edin Visca, first time pass into Irfan, and then bam. It's a, it's a goal that Snyder would have been proud of, quite frankly. And then just before halftime, Cliché again involved, passing into Mahmoud Tekdemir, and then a classy volley to make it 4-0 by halftime. So really, the, the game was over after 45 minutes. Um, second half. Jahovic managed a consolation after after just over the hour point, but it was really um, Bashakshir turning on the charm again, and they're they're really putting on uh, putting on a show for us in 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 the last few seasons. They haven't lost a game in the league since August. In fact, they lost the first two games, and then since then it's just been they've just been tearing it apart in the league. Um, they scored, I think, thirteen goals in the last three games. Um, and Akamburuk said after the after the match as well that he's finally starting to dream of the title. So. I don't know. Given the run of Sivas, it might be a bit premature to say that, but they definitely are on the up, and they have been consistently since pretty much uh, the end of August. So it's interesting to see what they're gonna, how they're gonna finish up. Yeah, it's 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 refreshing for Okam Buruk not to play too coy there and just definitely comes yeah. flat out and says it and and you know uh, puts his ambitions on the table. That's that's nice. Yeah. To hear. Uh, and the the other thing he said in the press conference as well, which I liked, is that the reporter asked him, what was the game that upset you most so far this year? And his response was, it was Olympiakos game, which was, of course, the Champions League qualifier, which they lost, mm-hmm. despite playing better. So for him, a guy who's seen it all, both domestically and in Europe, he's, of course, played in Inter, etc. His uh, aspirations go far beyond the Turkish League. Obviously, he wants to win the title, but he, his 
he wants to make an impact with Bashakshah here in, in Europe as well. And that's a huge uh, mentality shift from what we had before yeah. under Avjur, who you basically sacrificed the cup, the European uh, competitions. And Okamburuk is kind of trying a bit more of a, a big coach mentality into his, into his players and trying to get Bashakshah to have a bit more of a uh, of, a, of, a, of, a, of a wide ambition, which I, which I definitely applaud. Yeah, uh, Guillerme also had a nice goal here disallowed uh, in the build-up again something happened I, I didn't manage to catch it what, what was actually the issue there uh, that wasn't the first half still I think but of course it was already four oh yeah uh, that's right it was a foul on Dembaba earlier on in the move right yes yeah Yeah. Was, did you think that was a foul worthy of uh, disallowing the goal I thought it was pretty soft no yeah. I thought it was quite soft to be honest yeah. just a general kind of shoulder, shoulder charge between both players could have gone either way I thought that was harsh yeah, yeah, that's what I thought too, actually, you know, thinking back at it. Uh, anyone, anything to add on Bashakshir's uh, impressive run of form? And I think they are probably, in. The, if you have to make a top three of teams that are playing the best football, I, I think they're definitely in that top three. Anyone disagree with that? No, but what what do you think the over and, over and under of uh, Okamburuk going to, to Besiktas at the end of the season? If, if Audi keeps it up? I don't think that I... <laughs> I don't think that I don't think Bishtesh has the money to uh, pry him away from Bishakshir, to be quite frank. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, and well, he could go to both. I mean, he has a history at both clubs, of course, both Galatasaray and Bishtesh. Um, but he's of course a Galatasaray man. But I wouldn't mind having him at Bishtesh. Anyway, let's uh, move on to the next match, and that's uh, going to be Burak again, who's going to tell us a little bit more about Gaziantep Fenerbahce. Turn on your microphone, Mr. Sezgin. Click the button. Woohoo! Ah, uh, there we go. There we go. I was just making you guys wait, I was making you salivate. I was making you just, you know, count seconds until I, I came in to talk about this game, which was a complete contrast to the one we had at the start of the season, where we swept Gaziantep away with, oh, we had three penalties, and they were still a very brand new team with all the signings trying to gel together under the the maniacal and crazy Sumadika, who gives some of the best press conferences I have ever seen. Um well, interesting game. We, we'd already had five yellow cards by the end of the the, the first half. Um, three for Gazantep and two for Fenerbahce. Uh, the Altai one was just silly. Um, but I, I get why he did it. He came yeah, out of this area. Was it silly? It was maybe necessary. It was necessary, but I, I still refer to it as silly. But he, he did what he had to do. He had to come out of the area to clear the ball. And of course, nowadays you have ball boys that decide to get the ball back into play quickly. You know, a great example of that is Trent Alexander-Arnold, you know, last season in the Champions League semi-final. So you have a ball boy rush to give a ball straight to the Gaziantep player because Alta is way out of a position. He just pulls a guy down, yellow card. But the first, like, 10, 15 minutes was just Gaziantep being absolute butchers, um, diving in for challenges. They had two yellow cards by the, the 12th minute. And it was a, you know, pretty uneventful first half, really. It was slow, clunky football. 
Again, Fenner started with uh, Tolga Giorgi on the wing, and that man is is not a winger. Um, I think he's a good squad utility player to have in the central centre of midfield. He's got a good engine. He always covers a lot of yards for us. It, it does the ugly things quite well. He's quite he's not a glamorous player, but he's just someone that you can always rely on to get stuck in, pop up with the odd goal here or there, which he has does. Yeah, he has done. We have to shout out Gary Rodriguez for a, a glaring miss um, after he'd come on for Tolga in the second half, um, which is what we've come to expect from Gary Rodriguez. He will score from outside the box with a, a spin shot with top spin that you know goes into the top-hand corner, but put him one-on-one with the keeper, he's going to put it wide or hit the post. And <laughs> the, the follow-up that was put in by Vedat was, was rightly ruled out for offside because Vedat was off when Gary had shot the ball. But then we take the lead in the, the 51st minute via uh, Max Cruiser after an assist from Vedat um, Murich, or Muriki, as Ismail Chenel calls him on Bean Sports USA, and which is, I think, is the correct way to pronounce it, actually. It's not Murich, it's Muriki, which is how the Kosovans say it. Yeah. yeah. So Turkey have just looked at it and gone, nah, that's a cue. We don't do cues here. He's with that footage from now on. We don't call him Chwarejma, do we? So, I mean, in, 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 <laughs> indeed, which it is great. But it was a great header by Max Cruiser. Um, it's just a good goal from open play. That might help him with his confidence. There's still rumours of him potentially being sold this transfer window. Um, I think there was talks of maybe premiership team and I think Werder Bremer maybe wanting him wanting him back but then of course we still have the Ricardo Rodriguez rumours and no not Ricardo Rodriguez ex-WWE <laughs> um, not Alberto Del Rio's old ring announcer but the, the Swiss left back who actually has played with Max and Luis Gustavo before in yeah, Germany so right. yeah getting the band back together potentially we'll have to wait to see what happens and then we have a period of of decent play, you know. Uh, a few chances are being set up. I remember watching this game, but it was quite uneventful. Um, we had a few more yellow cards along the way. Um, Serdar Aziz, uh, two more for, for Gaziantep, then one for Vedat just before Denis Tudic comes on. And then Gaziantep score, and it's uh, rightfully ruled out via VAR because Ozan had his foot kicked in the, the lead-up to the goal. So applaud VAR for, for catching that and having the bravery to disallow that goal. And then uh, 90th plus first minute, um, that man, Vedat, um, latches onto a ball for Emre. And, no, pardon me, latches onto a ball. And, no, oh yeah, it is from Emre, my, my apologies. Um, I d- and well done to Emre for lasting that long in the game as well. Um, the full 90, don't expect him to play. Um, in the week to have him rested for Bashakshir next weekend. Vidat scores a great goal with his right foot, puts it in, does not take his shirt off to celebrate because he knows he's on a yellow card. Um, But then what does he do? Uh, The man who loves a a raw steak, Tatar. Um, It's the last minutes of the game. Gazantep get the ball, are about to start a quick attack. And what does he do? Heat of the moment, he kicks the ball away. He gets a yellow card, meaning he's sent off for a double yellow, meaning he misses the midweek cup game against Kaiser Sport, but he's back next weekend for the game against Bashak Shahir. 
and Ismail Chenol, I would like to just state jacuzzi to you, Mr. Chenol, because I was watching this game on Being Sports USA, and the commentary from him was, he did it on purpose, he did it on purpose. And that's me trying to imitate his like American-style accent, which I thought was just not very nice commentating from a commentator who should have just maybe just said that. We know that because of this, he's going to miss the cup game, but he's going to be back for the the Bashak Shehra game next week. Um, yeah, all yeah which all, he was suspended for with the first yellow card, by the way. You, know, you didn't mention yeah, that. Because, uh, just to point out to our listeners... Um, they I can't remember what the rule was now. Actually, um, I think a direct red card is two matches. Uh, two, two matches and and double yellow is one match, but because there's a midweek match in the cup, that suspension will be served in the cup game. Whereas if you have a yellow card suspension, that doesn't go on into the cup. That just continues into the next league match. So, Vedat Mugic with his yeah. yellow card in the 80th minute would have been suspended for a crucial match against Basakshir next week. And now with the second yellow, he will only miss the match against Kayserispor in the cup. Which, you know, Fenerbahce should be winning at home. We we should, but it is us. And it's Kayseri. And I've just... I think I've bad-mouthed them, them for the last, like six or seven podcasts in a row, so I think the gods of Pasterma might conspire against us. But <laughs> looking at the game as a whole, if you look at the first game of the season and the second game of the season, completely different side Gaziantep. They've they found their rhythm. They've got their players playing together. They're, they're strong, athletic. They've got a lot of stamina. They're yeah, they created quite, quite a few chances here too. They did. We had Altai. I think Altai made a few good saves. One was for an actual... I think it was a, something that was diverted towards our own goal by, own goal by either Isla or, or Jalson. But it was just another, like, lackadaisical, not lackadaisical, it's a lethargic performance by Fenad in the in the first half. There was no pace um, in in the team apart from Gary. As soon as the team sheet came out, I just looked at it and uh, I messaged a few of my friends saying, yeah, no pace again, and no pace and then no finishing <laughs> Because you've got Gary with the the pace, but no finishing, as we saw in that one on one. Um, second half, it did get a little bit better. You know, introduction of of Gary gave us some pace, and then you had Dennis. And I don't know why he keeps bringing on Tall Guy because um, he always makes me nervous for some reason. But he's not done anything wrong that badly when he's whenever he's come on. Um, but it just goes to show that there are no easy games in the Super League, as we've if, as we've said um, again. You may think, well, hang on, you know, we've had you know some massive goal fests this season already, but you know that away at a ground like Antep, it's going to be cold, it's going to be tough. They're going to be up for it, um, and they're coached by an absolute madman in, in Sumadika who's going to demand that you leave it all out on the pitch. So. I'm just happy that we managed to come through, hopefully without picking up any injuries with the three points. And and we go into Bashak Shehra next weekend, hopefully looking to do the double over them this season. After they took four points of us last season, it'd be nice to take six points from them this season. And uh, what do you expect? Do you think Vedat will get a, a suspension for the league game for his <laughs> yellow card that was convenient? Let's put it that way. His second it- yellow um, I don't expect him to, no. What do you guys think? Should he uh, get a suspension, an extra suspension, for getting 
deliberately sent off, if that is the case? What is your interpretation yes. of that? Uh... Yes, yes, definitely. You think he got sent off deliberately? Because yeah, a, a yeah, he was point... his master plan all along, man. No, but a, it's a valid point what Burak and other people have pointed out. He could have taken his shirt off. During yeah, the that was that, that would have looked too deliberate, man. Nobody would, would do that. <laughs> or maybe he was just not thinking about it at the time. Didn't remember and then... Maybe someone told him during the goal celebration, hey, maybe you get sent off in a couple of minutes. Yeah, it could be. I mean, it's possible. I'm not saying that happened. We don't know. Uh, Uzra, what did you think? Was it a little bit... Was it on purpose, in your in your opinion, the, the second yellow? Or uh, do you think it was just him having yeah, a bit of a brain fart? I think, I, I, think, I, think it's, I think it's on purpose. But it's so difficult to prove. And, it, and it's not obvious enough. Uh, in his actions, like we've seen in the past, remember there was that that famous case of Sergio Ramos kind of just kicking the ball away in the Champions League match. I think yeah. it was against Galatasaray last, actually. Last season against Ajax. Oh yeah, Ajax. oh he's done it. Oh he's done it a few times, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't that deliberate um, that it was written all over his face and his actions, but I think you know it was a sne- it was a sneaky move. It was a sneaky move. He knows the rules. Mm-hmm. Jakub, what did you think? Um, I thought it was deliberate. Um, I think he should be suspended for the league game, but um, I think it was a smart choice. You know, I'm I'm not going to sit there and act like um, the the effing the guy and say like no, you have to respect the rules of football. Um, it's just, it, it 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 was deliberate in my opinion, but it was also you know the thing he should have done yeah. because the game I don't, is just I don't blame important. him. I think it's up to the to the federation now to decide. You know, but I, if I was in his position, I would have done the same thing because the Bashakshir match is much more important. Yeah, he is very important to the team. So if he has a chance to get to play in that match, then he has to take it. Can I yeah. add one, one more thing before we move on? Of course. I'd like to say to Adaman Torolu, find the nearest rusty spanner and go fuck yourself. What's a spanner? <laughs> That's it. What's a spanner? You were going to teach me English today. Teach me what a spanner is. Oh, just just fucking Google it, mate. It's be easier. <laughs> are we, are we going to get our Are we going to get our first lawsuit on the back of this episode? <laughs> I don't think anyone who understands English, unfortunately for us. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's move on to Sunday, where Antalya Spor hosted Gustepe. Uh, like Uzar pointed out earlier, uh, the same fixture as midweek in the cup. This match ended differently, though. Umut, you are going to tell us a little bit more about how this match actually went, because, of course, you have that connection to Izmir. Yeah, yeah, I do have. <laughs> and you uh, played for Gostepe, if people don't Yeah, know. when I was a child. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for the academy, like, for, like, a year and so, and then oh, I quit it because... You were in the system. You were in the system. You had uh, yeah, yeah. to the club. So that's all the people need to know. You don't need to tell them anymore, especially yeah. not that you only played there for a year. That's something they don't have to know. Yeah. So uh, it was in the, uh, the game started at Antalya, and Gustave started the game really well. And uh, early cross from Sonerido to the near post, and Halak Munar was there to finish it and took Gustave to the lead. And one of the games you see Sonerido bossing the midfield and dictating the whole game for his team. A really good player, in my opinion. And second goal was really identical to the first, uh, coming from the other end. 
Hallak Burns low cross net regular inside the box. He missed the uh, first attempt, but a bit of luck. The rebound came to his feet and scored the second goal for Gustave. And the third goal came from a fast counter attack Gustave had. Uh, Stefano Napoleone stole the ball from Antenna Sport defenders when they were just about to build up an attack. However, the lost ball started the two-man Gustav attack and Napoleone laid the ball to Sonar Aydoğdu and he was so composed enough to finish it comfortably in man of the match in my opinion. Uh, Antelospor then found three decent chances to score one but uh, they have been denied twice by the Beto, the mighty old Beto goalkeeper. <laughs> and Gustav could have found the fourth goal but uh, Cameron Jerome was a little bit greedy and didn't pass the ball, tried to score the goal on his own and missed. Cameron uh, Jerome effect. Yeah. Oh, Cameron, <laughs> what, 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 what have you done? We'll just, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, yeah. Just leave it at that. Oh, I thought you were going to come in and see it. And I said it. <laughs> also, uh, 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 nearly the end of the game, uh, Cameron Jerome afterwards got brought down inside the box which the referee initially pointed for the spot for mm-hmm. a penalty, but it was then ruled out as the VAR intervened and told there was an offside before the position started. And mm-hmm. Actually, Diego Angelo uh, got sent off arguing yeah. with the ref because of that situation, That uh, arguing with the ref about the position that he claimed there was an offside before it. And But why it, is he getting sent off for yeah, something because that got he ruled off anyway? The, Touched the ref, uh, I think, a little bit harshly in in referee's opinion. I don't think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right I, I, I remember him doing something similar against Besiktas a couple of years ago. Yeah, and second yellow uh, sent him off, uh, mm-hmm. which is yeah, that. got booked in the fourth It was quite harsh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, Antalyas were already struggling now without their stalwart in defense in the next match. Uh, although, actually, no, I, I guess he'll be missing the cup game against Gustepe. <laughs> Recently, Sonerado has three goals and five assists for Gustepe. Uh, yeah, I, I think the best player for them this season. Yeah, alongside Seda Gule, maybe. I think he's had a good yeah. season, too. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to the next one. Trabzonspor coming out of the winter break, returning to the league with uh, an impressive performance against Kasem Pasha. Jakub, take it away. Yes, 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 yes. So, first of all, I'm supporting uh, Hussein Jimshir, the Zidane of the Black Sea for the rest of the season. Um, it's, it's, it's awful <laughs> to see that uh, some, some fans are so... Um, are, are hating on the, uh, on, the, uh, on the president because um, Unal left. Obviously, not a, not a good thing that he left, but um, you have to... You have to just keep on going. So, um, just 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 for the for this game, I I really liked how he made a lot of attacking tra- a lot a lot of attacking changes after being up, instead of trying to preserve the score. That was one of my pet peeves when I was uh, when I was uh, watching um, you know play, and it's it's good to see that he seems um, he seems different, even though the sample size is just two games at the moment, but still, and. Um, as for the game, oh my God! It was like watching the total football Dutch team, you know, Sosa playing like Kruijf, the Guardiola Barcelona team with India playing like Iniesta. It's just the team was so so well played, 
um, with each other. Um, yeah, it almost it, it was almost like a Barcelona match for for a second there, like a, a Barcelona twenty twenty ten Barcelona or something. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 exactly what I had in my notes. You had you have Ndiaye playing like Iniesta pretty much everywhere, just so agile and nimble, and pretty much it looks like he has like a couple of clones of himself. It looks like the guy is everywhere on the pitch. Then you have Wakaime finally actually shooting the ball. Um, one one of my pet peeves again was that uh, Wakaima for the for how great he is, sometimes it looked like it looks like he's trying too much, way too much, and it, it annoyed me when he just passed the player and then just slowed down and um, gave the opponent the chance to go back and um, you know group up. But after I said that, he he shot on goal against uh, Denis Despoir in the cup game. That went in. In this game, he also shot. Um, on goal that went in. Um, obviously, the score of this game is 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 really good for for a Trabzonspor fan. We won um, six 0 at home. Um, you have a you have the wonderful like like the beautiful goal of uh, of Sosa in the first couple of minutes, uh, a free kick where he left um, Fatih Fatih Öztürk, one of our old keepers, um, just. Like, like, just baffled on his feet. It, it, it kind of looked like what Honor did, what Honor did when, um, Quaresma. when Quaresma scored, when Snyder scored. You know, I remember that face really well. Nailed and, to uh, the ground. Yeah, just, just shocked in, in, in other, in utter shock of, uh, shock of what in just awe. happened. In, in awe. awe. Yes. So, um, it was a good, it was a good start, and like, Trabzonspor just didn't. Didn't forgive at all. Two minutes later, you have Alexander Sorlot, the king of the north, coming back, um, heading the ball in. With a you know what happens with the Pereira. king of the north in the end, right? <laughs> Don't spoil it for people. Don't spoil it for people. Um, you know, the team, it was just, it, it, it was so good to finally be able to watch a game and not have that looming panic inside of your, inside of your heart, like going, we still might give this away. Um, in the space of four minutes, uh, the match was rolled up, done and dusted. Yeah, the match was pretty much done, and it was nice to see that um, um, that Hussein Jimshir did uh, did did finally see that you know we don't have to keep playing the the guys that pretty much play the whole game like the whole season. So he took out um, Sosa in the 61st minute, um, so he can rest a little bit. Um, he took out uh, Ekuban, who's still. It kind of seems like he has some, um, he has some chemistry issues. He, the, he his, was involved in one of the in the second goal, I think, right? In the building yeah, he was. He he, uh, he went to, he went to the um, to the Kasim Pasha player and just uh, hounded him down. But it's pretty much it's it's kind of like a positioning thing that he's lacking at the moment. Um, the final pass, the final shot, it will it will come back. I, I'm I'm sure of it. But at the moment, it seems that he's just lacking. You know really match fitness um but you know what a game you know we have you have Sorlot scoring scoring a hat trick his first hat trick at Trabzonspor the king of the north once again pro- proves that he's the best striker the Turkish league has ever seen you know move aside, <laughs> move, aside move aside Burak Yilmaz wow, 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 wow. move aside Bafeti Migomis Oh, he is on the same amount of goals right now than Mario Gomez was at uh, eighteen uh, after eighteen matches uh, when he played for Besiktas. So, relax, relax. 
Now nah, you know you know how I feel about uh, about Gomez. It's just yeah. it's just finally you know after after having um, after having Burak. Um, you know I I like Burak as a forward even though he sometimes infuriates me. Very different um, type though. I think the, um, Burak is is great when he's on form, but a guy like Serlov, he can still be good for your team even when he's not scoring goals. And yeah. that's the difference, I think. When Burak isn't scoring goals, he's, he's not very useful, as Bishtesh are seeing right now. Uh, and I have to point out, when I was watching the, the post-match interview of Alexander Serlov, I really, the way he spoke, uh, the way he speaks English, uh, just a little bit the, the, how he has his hair and the, the, his demeanor. It, it does, did remind me quite a bit of Mario Gomez. Obviously, he's not as good of a finisher, but, you know. Well, let's agree to this. Now, uh, you know, you know what's, what's, what's good, of, what, what's good um, of him is that he's, he's pretty young. He's 24. He got a girlfriend. Yeah. I don't think he's married. But he seems like a down-to-earth guy, you know. He doesn't seem like the guy that goes out and yeah, he's blow. Norwegian. What do you expect? Yeah, he's, he's and and you want that in a player that comes to Trabzon because uh, you know, mm -hmm. even though it's beautiful, it's a beautiful place. It's that it has beautiful uh, scenery and everything. Some people are trying to you know find something that doesn't belong there, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, Istanbul is re really tempting, you know. But it, you can see you can see in his face that he's just like, just let me play my football. And let me do what I'm supposed to do, and I'm I'm okay with it. Yeah, this is his, this is his his season. This is his coming out party, so to speak. He can make his career based on this season, whether he continues at Trabzonspor Sport in the summer, uh, or he makes a, a move, maybe goes back to Crystal Palace, gets an opportunity there. I mean, we were speaking about this. You know, they just signed Jenk Tosun on loan. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that well, Alexander Serlot has the ability that has more ability, has more potential than than Jenk has. He has more presence. He is he's taller, obviously. So, you know, I mean, we got him. We got him for two seasons. So next yeah, season is still with us. A, you have an option to buy for six million, I think. Yeah, and the option is that if he plays um, next year more than the half of the games, they they have to buy him, mm -hmm. and. If you just see how well he performs, there is no way that they won't play. Palace, uh, Palace will regret that. Uh, yeah. One thing I do want to point out, though, Alexander Schurlot gets all the attention due to his hat trick, of course. But have to be honest, his, his, his first goal was really good, but his second and his third goal were easy tap-ins, really. Yeah. What? Who was he? The man of the match for you, or are we supposed to be looking at someone else? Because for me. I thought Nakaeme had a fantastic game, for example. I thought he had a better game than Serlot did. Well, better, yeah. you know. Yeah, Nakaeme had, had, had two goals and, and one assist. And as I said, the, the thing that, that was annoying me for a long time about him was that he was... Uh, it, it, seems to, it seemed like he didn't take it seriously, you know. He's just dribbling around people. And it, it, I don't know if it's something the manager said or it just finally dawned on him like... Okay, I can pass players. Why not shoot on goal? So he he seems to have returned to his old form, um, the form he had last year. You know, when he when he just started at Trabzon, when he had like nine games in the first half and or something like that. Nine or, goals in fifteen games or something. Like yeah, that. something like that. So it's good to see that he's that he's finally able to be dangerous again. You know, I don't know if the if the coaching change has uh, has any impact in this. I don't know for sure, or that he's just um, or that they just found Kasim Pasha in a vulnerable, vulnerable situation and they were like, just go over them, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's the question. And will he be able to replicate this form in the coming weeks or is this 
just one of those games where everything goes his way for a minute. Yeah, it's 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 kind of hard to pick a pick a man of the match, you know. Just stats wise, probably Sherlock because he, he he's on the score sheet the most. But as you said, impact wise, it, it it's probably Wakayeme. Um, as I said, I really liked I really liked Ndiaye. It's fine. It's good to have a player on the midfield that just runs his balls off, you know, and is is a strong presence on the midfield that you can just rely on. And kind of what you were hoping for with Obi Mikkel. Yeah, admit, but uh, I'm 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 still I'm still happy with what Obi does. Obi's just a defensive guy, mm -hmm. but obviously so, he's older and not not as dynamic. And yeah, Ndiaye has a but just more just the midfield just the midfield triangle of Obi Sosa and Ndiaye is just so good. You know, mm -hmm. I'm I'm happy that uh, um, that pretty much all the places that needs um, attention got it. Except we we just need a defender. You know. Um, I hope that they will get a well will get a decent defender. How is he um, doing at Fano, by the way? Not so good. He was really good for the first couple of games when he when, when he transferred there, but since then just pretty much silent. He doesn't really play. Uh, Sinistera plays and um, so Stam got sacked, I guess, or since yeah. he left. So he he isn't really he's he isn't really um, the guy that they first uh, line up on the on the on the score on, on the squad sheet, but yeah, uh, he's he's, he's kind of it, it's awful. It's it's bad to see him not play, but I can see why. You know, Senesi and um, Senesi and Botogin are just pretty much the starting eleven uh, defenders. So it's hard to it's hard Botogin to go. Botogin has been there for many years, of course, and uh, was there with the championship too. I believe. Yeah. So, but but to conclude. Um, Last thing that I want to say, Serkan Hassan played again, and it's really nice to see that the youth academy is still fire, firing on all cylinders. Um, it's, it's wonderful to see that Trabzonspor um, is giving these young players minutes, you know, so that so they can get that experience and grow up within the team. I think we have a good balance of of veteran players and and youth players, so mm -hmm. it's pre it's pretty much the perfect situation for for players that are young to grow up in. And um, we just got um, we just got the assistant manager of Chelsea, uh, Eddie Newton, who was supposedly a pretty big um, influence on the youth players that Chelsea had at the moment. So uh, it's it's good to see that the board is uh, going to going in the right direction. Brooke, you wanted to chime in? Yeah, I was I was actually just going to ask um, Jakob about uh, about the Eddie Newton, but you have actually. Beat me to it, my friend. So yeah, I can read your mind, man. You have some blurry exactly. thoughts. <laughs> I That's... thought he was going to tell us to shut up about Fado for a second. <laughs> no, no. I, I'll, I'll just just add that. Um, Serloth. I think he must during the, the week. He must take himself up to Ayala somewhere in Trabzon, and it reminds him of the fjords in Norway, and that's where he gets his power from. <laughs> so, if he does go to Crystal Palace, it's not going to work, because it's not, it's not going to happen on, on the Thames. So, he, he, he should stay in Trabzon and harness the power of the Ayla, and continue putting that into his performances. Well, let's, let's hope, hope Jink Tosun so. keeps scoring for Palace, then they don't need to uh, get him back. Uh, well, quick note though, Jorge Fernandez got sent off in the 46th minute. At that time, it was already 3-0 for Trabzonspor, so that did not really impact uh, Trabzonspor running away with this anyway. But he got a second yellow card. He had already received this uh, first yellow in the 24th minute, and then he got a second yellow for pulling uh, Alexander Serlot's shirt. Very yep. dumb when you're already on a yellow. 
Um, so quickly, the, the scoring here was uh, Sosa, Serlot, Nwakaeme in the 25th, 27th, and 29th minute, and then in the second half, uh, Serlot in the 55th minute, and then the two other, uh, the, the, the five and six nil came in the 83rd through Nwakaeme and the 88th through Serlot. And I think I do believe that the young player you just mentioned was involved in that last goal, uh, yeah, got an assist. Yeah, he he got the ball. He had he headed it, and it just blew off the post. Mm -hmm. So he was he was kind of pissed off, and then he watched the and then he he turned his back into the goal, and he saw that uh, Serlot finished it. So it was like a bittersweet moment for him. <laughs> it, it 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 would have been his first goal. Uh, oh, anyway, let's move on to the next match. Galatasaray hosting Denizli Spor. Galatasaray coming back out of the winter break, needing a win against Denizli Spor, the team that beat them on the opening match day of this season 2-0 in Denizli. Uh, Umut and uh, Uzar are going to tell us a little bit more about this match, but Umut is going to do the intro a little bit. Umut, take it away. Well, uh, it was a great game considering Galatasaray and are trying to renew this well, some additions could see their new signings appearing for the first time. Uh, with new wingbacks joining us, I think they're a little bit more dynamic than ever this season, especially on the left side with Saraki. Uh, he tried to contribute to every attack whenever possible. Also made it into Soshi with an assist uh, for the first time, uh, for the first game he ever played for Galatasaray. I'm really happy for him. On the other hand, uh, in the cup game during the week against Rizospor, we have seen uh, Martin Linas playing on the left back, and he was actually really good down there. And in the Dinospor game, he was on the right, but looked somewhat uh, worse than the other game. Uh, it could be like it was, uh, uh, you know, uh, missing so many games and tried to adapt. Yeah, and the Dinospor played a good match. Yeah, I think that should be pointed uh, out too. They had a oh, decent for sure game. he will do well uh, for the team for the rest of the season. Uh, I trust him because he's so much like a soldier for the team. You know, uh, you keep fading in and out. By the way, Umut, uh, maybe something about your microphone. Is it? Yeah, it's going like high, low, high, low in terms oh. of volume. You fade out a little bit. Okay, uh, is it okay right now? Yeah, it's fine. All right, uh, so uh, for the rest of the season, I'm sure uh, Linus will be contributing more for the team uh, as we need uh, some players like him in our squad. And as for Emrak Baba, uh, he has returned and I'm really happy for him. Uh, yeah, two for two for him midweek yeah. in Riza he scored and now he scores again. Yeah, uh, two goals in two games uh, returning. Having witnessed his injury last year in Riza, at the very stadium, uh, he scored his first league game after returning. Uh, and seeing how severe it was at the time, uh, scoring his first game in that stadium, in that pitch, uh, mm -hmm. is, uh, is actually quite interesting. I think it's the irony of the thing. And uh, it's a great thing for his psychology as well, showing how determined he is to return and Two goals in two games showing signs he will be used in Terim's 4-2-3-1 formation as a second striker, like a shadow striker. Talishka. Yeah, uh, that kind of uh, play who makes some uh, secondary runs into the box uh, to search for a goal uh, for the rebounds or crosses. And as he did in these two games... Uh, 
And uh, finally for Falcao, first time he found decent chances in front of the goal after a very long time, which was Galatasaray's main problem quite a while. Uh, we could not carry the ball forward towards our strikers, but this time our wings and the um, uh, central players provided these chances at last. And Falcao missed a lot, but... At last, he scored with his left foot, uh, with a good assist from uh, Jean-Michel Serri. Uh, and his run at the last minute, the chase, uh, the determination he showed, uh, it prevented a goal uh, and defended very well. And it was a real uh, plus for him. And yeah, that's it you know, for Glastra. It's a great marks for me. Yeah, so Emma Agbaba on the score sheet in the 26th minute, Radamel Falcao in the 57th minute, and then in the 64th minute, Mumet Uskal pulled one back. Um, a good performance by Galtzerai for an hour or so, but then when Denis Lisport got on the score sheet, Uzer, suddenly uh, things went a little wrong at the back for Galtzerai. Muslera had to step in once again, denied Sedat. Mm -hmm. Uh, of, of a fan, I think a really good shot by the young Besiktas Academy product, Sedat, uh, for getting his last yeah. name. Uh, but he had a really good shot uh, and That's fantastic right. save by Muslera. I really think that was a, yeah. a made goal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was a top, top class save. And, and Muslera once again proving why he was voted the Football Ala Turca Player of the Decade for the Super League last week. Mm -hmm. uh, just pulling off a superb save. Um, but you're right. I mean, the pendulum started to swing a little bit in Denizli's favor after they after they pulled one back. Um, I actually I actually missed this game live because it was a slightly earlier kickoff than normal. So my time, it was 7 a.m. And uh, I did actually set my alarm to wake up for it, but I was just too hungover from the night before. Probably woke <laughs> up several hours after the kickoff. Anyway, and then I checked my, uh, checked my phone. I got some text from my dad and, of course, from you guys in the thread. And I had no idea what the result was. I was just praying that it was three points for Jim Bomb. We needed the three points. I checked my football app, saw that it was 2-1. And then my next prayer was, okay, I just hope and wish that it was Emrak Baba and Falcao who got on the score sheet. That's all I want. Oh, you lucky devil. Oh, man. And my prayers, prayers were answered. Emrak Baba, play who I love. I think every, every Galatasaray fan has a, has a huge soft spot for him, um, even before he joined, really. And then because he suffered so much... Uh, through injury and everything. It's so, so good to see him playing with strength and confidence, uh, as Umut was saying, scored twice in two games and not easy goals either. I mean, there's a real sort of similar technique in both goals, some really sort of instinctive volley um, in, in this game. And um, yeah, I just, I just already in two games, you can just see the contribution he's making to the gameplay. And I think I agree that he's definitely playing slightly further forward just behind Falcao, sort of on the edge of the penalty box, um, and it, and it's 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 definitely a huge improvement to the gameplay that we've seen towards the end of last season. And I think already, you know, in two games, the guys the guy's been out for eight months, and he's already contributed more than than Balhanda has in his entire Galatasaray career. I just had to I had to say that. I had to, yes, yes, you had to repeat <laughs> your tweet. 
Uh, yeah, quick, thank you. Quickly to just point out, 112 of you voted, by the way, on our poll of the player of the decade, and 62% of that, yeah. you can calculate how much that is by yourself, I'm not going to do that for you, I'm too lazy, uh, 62 of you voted for Fernando Muslera over Burak Yilmaz as player of the decade, so Football Ala Turka's player of the decade is, of course, Fernando Muslera, as Uzar just pointed out. Indeed, indeed. And um, just also, shout out to Falcao as well, who whose goal was absolutely brilliant. It was really good control and then a really kind of powerful left foot finish. Um, it's funny because earlier in the game, he had two or three chances with his right foot that were yeah. a lot meek, more meek. He just kind of hit it, the, hit it straight towards the keeper, which was quite disappointing. But it's funny that on his left foot, he had that kind of explosive, explosive kick. Um, definitely think that the gameplay is kind of more focused towards uh, Falcao on that penalty box now. You see a lot of crosses coming in from... Uh, from the wings, Sarachi of course had the assist, but also Serie's pass uh, from from the center from the center of midfield. I think with the team is finally starting to pick out falls for for Falcao. When he first arrived, I think on average we were picking him out once in every game in the box. So now that's probably increased to three or four times, and hopefully that's going to become more and more frequent. I think frequent. he had a, had a decent amount of chances in uh, the last match too, actually. Mm, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. That? So. Definitely, uh, definitely picking him out more more often, which is which is really good. Um, in terms of transfers, I think if we can kind of pull it towards where Gallo are looking for the rest of the season, we obviously got rid of um, Ryan Barber, which we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, still not really sure what's happening with Andone, who is still on loan, but he's not going to play out for the rest of the season. So are we going to freeze him and replace him with someone else? Tarim said that we were looking for a, a defender, but hasn't been successful so far. And then, of course, the Arza issue. The saga continues. Terim versus Genghis to an extent. Fans versus fans. Ultra Aslan came out earlier today with a tweet saying, essentially, that they will support whatever decision the club makes on the Arza situation, which is, I think, a fair, a fair response. Um, yeah, that's I how you have to... Uh, yeah, exactly. It, fans you kind of, support the players. Right. I personally would welcome Arda to return. I think... Um, He's contributed a lot to Galatasaray and he shouldn't be looked down upon for for footballing reasons. Um, I think he still has a lot more to prove. And I think that's that would be... The, if we if we, if Arda does come to Galatasaray, it will, he'll definitely come with heightened motivation and, and hunger to, to prove the haters wrong. A bit like what happened with Barak when he returned to Besiktas. He was booed by half the fans. That kind of gave him the energy and motivation to kind of play and he scored a lot of important goals for Besiktas and I think that's can have a similar effect for Arda Turan as well he's a very emotional guy and I think just if you give him a little bit of you know petting and show him a little bit of love he really he can really blossom on the, the main issue well. with, with Arda I think is just a fitness <clears throat> yeah know? yeah I guess and, and and whether he has the discipline I don't I don't I don't see Arda having the, that same discipline as Burak has to be top fit he just I, hasn't I shown I, that for, not... for three four years now yeah, since his return to Turkey, he definitely hasn't shown that. But I think he's probably been a bit depressed as well. So that's kind of hasn't manifested well in his performance. But I think the other interesting side to the story is, is it's Fatih Terim, who clearly really wants him, given the press conference and his announcements since then, versus the, the club and the board, who have made it quite clear that Arda is not in our plan. So it's going to be interesting to see who wins that battle. Okay. Uh, one more thing I definitely wanted to talk about because we spoke about it earlier with Vedat Muric how he took a yellow on purpose in many people's view 
Marcao here gets suspended with a yellow card suspension for the next league game, which will be... I have to cheat. Um, who are That's Galtrack Sunday players? against... Uh, it's Sunday against Konya, away to Konya. Okay, so Marcao is suspended with his yellow card. In the 87th minute, he and Rodallego kind of get into it. Rodallego gets booked, but Marcao does not. Why did he not get a yellow card? Second yellow gets sent off. He should have gotten sent off, in my opinion. I don't know if you guys agree on that, but yeah, yeah, that's the type of position where a normal referee always gives both Go, both players a yellow. It just seems to me like here it was like, oh wait, I already gave him a yellow earlier. I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm only gonna show. You Olega. think he was aware of it? The situation he tried to get himself sent off. But do you think it was really the case? Because this was the 87th minute. That's three more minutes plus at a time. And Denizli was coming, was putting pressure. The equalizer could have come if Marcao got sent off. I don't think Marcao was trying to get sent off. I think he was just being an idiot. Yeah, he, he was fouled at the end, uh, after all. So he was the player who was on the ground. His yeah. response probably warranted a yellow card there. Yeah, but, uh, but, but like, think... like, like we've seen so many times with Marcao already this season is he gets touched softly, falls down, yeah. acts like he got hit in the face by a baseball bat. And then when Ruderega comes and, hey, stop uh, acting like a little bitch, he gets up and he gets all furious. And uh, I mean, I tweeted it out for me, Marcao, this season, I haven't seen a player that's a bigger bitch than Marcao. He's, he's just, this is not the first time this season, this is like the third or so incident already where he f- just fakes getting getting really badly hurt and like it's rolling around and oh, like do you remember against, uh, against Kayseri Spore? That dramatic match where uh, Galtzray get the win in the 90 plus 9 minutes through Adam Buk, where Marcao tried to get a goal disallowed by laying down after, I don't know, the, the mildest touch like in his, on, on his stomach area, and then he acted like he got hit in the face with an elbow. Oh, we're just going to ignore the fact that Falcao handled the ball in the area at 1-0 to Galtzray, and Dennis should have had a penalty for it. Wasn't that hand next to body? What, what game are you watching? Yeah. <laughs> Do you don't, know, don't you remember the position? You've no, not I, seen. I honestly don't remember now. No, well, I think it should have gone no, to Vargas. One, off, of your, I, one of your fantasies. No, I think <laughs> I think, I think Dennis should have had a, a penalty at one nil to Galatasaray. Um, the ball comes into the box. It comes off uh, most Oh, right, right, head. right. Yes, 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 you're right. But that ball came off the defender's body and goes up against his arm, no? It comes off Mustafa Yumlu's head, um, I think. And then, not... and then I think it goes against the leg or the, or the foot and then bumps up against the arm. I think it's body to arm. Because I remember watching that live and I was thinking, oh, that's a handball. And I was like, oh, wait, no. It came off his body. It comes well, off Falcao's body. I, I th- was it Falcao? I think it was Marcao, no? No, I don't no, remember exactly it was Falcao. It was Falcao. Anyway, uh, take uh, your sh- time sh- and rewatch it, maybe. Should have gone to VAR. I think Dennis will feel very aggrieved that they shouldn't, they weren't given a penalty for that. Um, and again, all we ask for is consistency, like the consistency of a, a good batter when you make like a good cake or a good dough when you make a nice bit of bread. It needs to be consistent. You can't have it nice and doughy at one end and lacking in the other end. It will just come out lopsided. 
and B just it won't look nice and that's that's what is is going on right now with our league. It just doesn't look nice. <clears throat> Burak, this is not a cooking podcast. I know it, you it, have aspirations to start a cooking podcast, but please. It, it should it <laughs> should be. But I think for, for Dennis' sport of fans out there, I think they will be they will feel aggrieved. But um I just want to say I'm very happy that Emre Akaba has returned from injury and is playing well because I think Turkey will really need him and rely on him and I think he's going to do good things at Euro 2020. So keep it up apart from when you play against us, Emre. Thank you. And against us, please. Uh, fingers yeah, that, crossed that last for point is... <clears throat> Emre's I was just to say that last point is key because, yeah, fingers crossed because we really do need some added uh, depth in that squad given our yeah. really... Fucking shit luck with injuries lately mm-hmm. with, with players in the Turkey squad. And form. I mean, uh... And form. And form. Yeah. Anyway, uh, good good on that note as well. Burak, uh, not Burak, uh, Jenk Tolson scored on the weekend against Manchester City at the Emirates. Uh, at the Emirates. At the Etihad. Uh, which was looking like was going to be the winner until, I don't know, the 85th minute or something. And then uh, Manchester City equalized, scored again, and then... An equalizer on the other end by an own goal by Fernandinho. Just wanted to point it out there that Jenk Tolson got his first start for Crystal Palace and got on the score sheet away at Manchester City. So good start for my, for for my man Jank at uh, Jank, Jank <laughs> at uh, Crystal Palace. Um, let's move on to the next match: Besiktas Sivasspor, the league leaders. Uh, visiting Besiktas, who were still in contention, just seven points, just seven points, behind the league leaders, and this was really a match that Besiktas had to go do or die, so to speak. They had to make it count. Besiktas started well to this match with a lot of intention going forward. Uh, Sivaspor struggled a little bit, but after se- f- well, after five minutes, Enzo Rocco fouled Emery Kilinch, I believe it was, and um, Sivaspor earned a free kick. Erdogan Yeshilyut stepped up to take it, bended it around the wall, um, and, and Loris Karius, with, with, a, with a big mistake, uh, gets a touch, but it goes in the net anyway. 1-0 to Sivaspor after just 7 minutes. I, I really think that Karius had, has been really good this season. Um, but suddenly he starts blundering, because in the cup as well, on, on uh, midweek, he didn't look great. Uh, he had a, a big mistake in a, in, a, in a friendly match as well. Uh, 2020 just hadn't started well for him, and he really cost Besiktas here with a with a big blunder, I believe, in a very crucial match. But in the 33rd minute, Besiktas got back into it following a blunder on the other end. For, well, maybe not as big as a blunder, but Samasa punching a free kick from Burak. Can't get it out of play, and Adam Laic heads it home to make it 1-1 in the 33rd minute. Then Mustafa Yatebare hits Besiktas on the break in the 45th minute following an assist from Fatih Aksoy, the guy on loan from Besiktas, Besiktas Academy product. And actually Fatih Aksoy got a lot of hatred in the stadium and on social media because he was faking some injuries and stuff like that and, and trying to get El Neni sent off. Uh, personally, I felt like he was just giving it his all giving it 100% and fighting like a warrior with a winning mentality and sometimes you have to play a little dirty to get the job done, especially after uh, Ur Chivche saw a red card in the 67th minute, so Sivaspor really had to uh, throw all hands on deck to secure the win uh, following the VAR review of a yellow card to Erdogan Yeshilyut, which was overturned and turned into a red card for Ur Chivche for a very dangerous tackle on Gökhan Gunnel. Besiktas had some chances, Samasa made some saves, some fortunate saves, in fact, 
uh, I think I wrote something uh, on Twitter in the lines of uh, I wanted to say luck of the champion, but obviously that's way too too early to call. But definitely luck of the league leaders because uh, Samasa had uh, a save go against the post, and then he managed to catch the rebound from the post. So similar to Karius in the first half, where Karius did not have the post to save his ass. So Samasa making a very good impression this season, but here in this match he had two or three rather big mistakes. And uh, kind of got away with it. But Besiktas in the end against 10 men. Just not able to create any clear cut goal scoring opportunities. All their danger came from set pieces. And I think that's one of Besiktas' biggest issue right now. Is that they create far too little uh, of, of clear cut goal scoring opportunities. The only people managing to create any form of danger are Inkudu and Laich. And Leitch is getting is one of the players getting singled out by the fans, getting a lot of criticism. I feel for the guy because honestly, it feels like he's all alone there. He doesn't have anyone to 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 play in with. Uh, I mean, Burak is always surrounded by three, four guys. He can't send him through. If you compare that, for example, to Yatabari's goal, very nicely slotted through by Fatih Axoy's pass. He manages to find the space, run into space. It's something Bishitesh are lacking right now. They don't have players who can find that space for those passes to come. And then a guy like Leitch is forced to shoot rather than pass in uh, positions where you would expect him to create an opportunity. Um, but yeah, Besiktas lose. And I think Sivaspor very much deservedly so won this match. They showed a lot of grinta. They showed a lot of desire to win. They showed guts to come and play at Vodafone Park. They didn't just park the bus. Not even at 10 men down. They still had to uh, dangerous attacks at one point I noted even with 10 men down 2-1 up they still managed to get 3 bodies in the box on a counter that's more than Besiktas have on most of their attacks which kind of illustrates the problem Besiktas are having but it also goes to show you that Sivaspor aren't just lucky um, yeah I think a very very good performance by Sivaspor and I tweeted before the match will we see a Bursa Sport 2010 effect, so to speak, uh, or like a resemblance there. And I, honestly, I did see it. Oh, of course, we're only 18 matches in. We have Trabzonspor who are on great form. We have Bashakshir who are on great form. We have Fenerbahce who aren't necessarily on the best form, but they're in in track of the leaders. So it's such a exciting season still. Although I I fear for my fellow Besiktas fans that for us the party is over. Um, Anyone had anything to add maybe on, on the malaise that Besiktas have or on the yeah the, the impressive performance that Sivaspor continue to show? I mean, Karius is just... I don't know, man. I, uh, that, that, that Besiktas fan, um, friend of mine, mm-hmm. um, I didn't watch the Besiktas game, but my phone just blew up and I was just like, what the fuck's happening? And he was just cursing and cursing and cursing and cursing. And it's just, you know, on, on one side, it's, it's, it's fun for me to see it. On the other <laughs> side, I can understand why it could be so frustrating, um, you know, after having a keeper as, like Fabri, who was pretty, pretty good. It's pretty good, know. he says. Pretty good. <laughs> that's, the, that's the first thing I would do if I was Bishnesh, bring Fabri back. I mean, he's clearly... Surplus at Fulham. They loaned him out to Mallorca, I think, this season. Uh, he's not playing there. Just get him back on loan. First thing I would do. 
And as for Sivas, Yatabare is just so unbelievable. The change he has made Incredible. from his time at Trabzonspor. I think he, I think he went to Karabük after us. Yeah, in Konya, and he didn't do well at Konya either. Yeah, and he he really seems to have like the the, the resurgence of his career at Sivas. And um, I don't know what to, what, what to thank for that. I don't know. If it's yeah, I think it's just that there's that. such a there's such a a great collective because for me, if you look at their individual players, they re- they're all average players except for Emery Kilinch is 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 a really solid player. Yeah. But you know what? I mean, I he's. Clearly having the season of his life, and last season he was good. He's consistently been building. But I honestly don't know if you if you put him. I mean, if you put him in Bistec today, then of course he would play. But I honestly don't know if he's necessarily of um, a superior quality level. I think he's kind of like a like an Emre Agbaba. Which no offense, guys, don't take this the wrong way. I think Emre Agbaba is not necessarily a, a superior quality player, but he has he, he's intelligent. And he he just has the right mentality, and I think that's the thing with with Emre Kilinch too. I think his technical ability is maybe a little bit better, where Emre Agbaba is more a goal scorer. Uh, Emre is is a little bit more of, of a technical player, but I think both of them they kind of share that that uh, that personality trait that they're just really intelligent players. They know what to do, where to run, when to run. And 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 they're yeah, Emre Kilinch is just a really good quality player. But then if you look at the other players like um, Hakan Aslan, for example, that's not a that's not an exceptional player. Fatih Aksoy, not an exceptional player. Um, although I do have to say, I, I think if you put him in Bishtesh right now, he could easily play over uh, Mohamed El Nenni. I don't see anything El Nenni is doing that Fatih Aksoy can't do, because El Nenni isn't contributing to the attack anyway. Fatih isn't really the type of player that contributes to an attack, despite the assists the assist here. He's more a breaker, a ball recuperator, and he does that well. I think. I mean, why pay a guy two million a year, like a, for example, an El Nini, when you can have Fatih Aksoy do a similar job for for five hundred k or four hundred k? But yeah, the point is, I think Yatabare. We've seen him for years in Turkey. He's not a top class striker in this league. No. But he and all the other players that are playing for for Sivaspor are maybe all like. Average six to seven, you know, seven out of ten at, at best, maybe. Um, but as a collective, they are just really strong, and they give everything for each other. They are very convicted in their chances, and yeah, they're just playing really well so far. And of course, it's only match day eighteen. The the pressure isn't truly on yet. Although away at Vodafone Park, that's the pressure is always going to be on. But we have to wait and see match day 27, 28, if Sivaspor are able to keep a cool head. But what we're seeing right now is just, as a collective, extremely impressive. And I, I just don't know if I if I have to real uh, How much of the credit goes to Riza Chalambay there? I mean, he's just... Yeah. He, the organization is clearly a key part of Sivaspor. So, I don't know. You know, when we're speaking about... For example, Besiktas's future, who should be their new coach? Maybe they should try Riza Chalambay again. He's a, obviously a, a Besiktas uh, product. And I, I want to point one more thing out, guys, by the way. If Sivaspor win the title, I say if, then 2010 Bursa Spor, coached by Ertugul Salam, a Besiktas guy. 2020 Sivaspor, coached by Riza Chalambay, a Besiktas guy. So, you know, Besiktas fans can celebrate a little bit. 
who else seems like a weird thing to reaching. Okay. <laughs> reaching. 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 Oh, it, I have to. I have to. Is it that bad being a Besiktas fan these days that you have to clutch it, for such roles? <laughs> it is. It is. The last the last two and a half seasons, maybe, or, or three seasons has been horrendous. The last two seasons have been horrendous. This, this season is abysmal. We can't even string a chance together. It's horrible. I want you guys to bring in Sadigan, please, because that would be amazing to watch. That's and then it was just if we ban- bring in Sergan, we're going to dash your, your title dreams, though, in week 33 or 30, 32, though. You know that, right? So, we'll live, Think we'll, of the fun. Think of the drama. It'll <laughs> all be over by then. Come on. You know, it'd be amazing. Do you think it's going to be over by then? I don't think so. I think this is going to go down to the wire. <laughs> Oh, God, I don't think my heart can take it. <laughs> um, but yeah, bring him the sad gun just for Bantz. It'd be, it'd be uh, great, and he can send I, him off in the summer. I, I don't know if, if Abishtish can afford to, to, to fire Abdullah quite frankly. Has he not quit? No. I thought he quit. No, no, that was just uh, Jakub trolling, I think. Uh, yeah, it was Umut. Brilliant. Umut, Umut. Of course, Umut. He, Umut. He po- in our WhatsApp group, he posted a... But I think it was like from like the national team days or something. <laughs> <laughs> you stupid man. <laughs> I didn't even click it because I knew you were trolling. But it, clearly you, you managed to fool Burak. Yeah, I didn't check it. I was like, oh, <laughs> let me just run with this. It might be quite funny. I wish he quit. Then we wouldn't have to pay his fuck off fee. I mean, and, and you know what? I mean, for me, <laughs> Abdullahavci, it's, it's, it's not all on him because he, it, this, he doesn't have... A balanced squad, I think. There's, and this has been a problem that's been building for a couple of years now. The central of Bistich's midfield just lacks creativity. Like right now, if you look at Bistich, everything falls on Leitch. He has to do everything. He is supposed to be creating everything. So the only other thing we we have is is Janner whipping in crosses and Nkudu with his with his speed. That that's all we have. Like there's no there's no plan there's no fluidity in attacks there's eh. and 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 yeah I mean if you look at what Riza Chalamba is managing to achieve with a, with limited resources at Sivaspor um you know and, and as I personally said like limited players in terms of quality with all due respect you know, maybe Abdullah should be doing more with what he has at Besiktas, but I, I honestly, I don't think he has the right types of players. But then again, I mean, at the same time, he, he continues to insist on playing Janner Erkin on, on the wing um, instead of Tyler Boyd. You know, t- Boyd has not gotten the proper chance, and he's already been written off, but, you know, Ab- Abdullah Diaby isn't even a winger. He's been playing on the wing all season. It clearly doesn't work. So then, what does he do? Oh, okay, instead of giving Boyd a proper run, like four or five games to you know, settle in, you know, maybe get a proper chance because he gives him 45 minutes here, then he plays him in the cup and then he plays him in a, an Europa League match, but he doesn't give him four, five, six games in a row. Like he's given to Diaby, for example, who has gotten those chances. Why don't you give the same chances to a guy you actually own? You're not loaning him. You have him on a long-term contract. Give that guy a chance. Maybe he doesn't have what it takes, but at least then you definitively know and you can move him on in the summer. Now he's still very much a question mark. Plus you're only, you know hammering the guy's confidence in, into the ground. And uh, he, when he's not playing Abdullah Diaby, he's playing f- freaking Janner Erkin on the right wing. 
Come on. Like, literally, the second goal that, that Sivas scores is because Janner and, and, and Kudu at the time had switched wings. Kudu had gone to the left, Janner had gone to the right, and Janner uh, just, yeah, out like a, like, a, like a fish out of water on the right side, gives away the ball. That leads into the attack. Fatih Aksoy plays Yatabare through and bam, 1-2. And honestly, at that point, Besiktas did have the match in control. So it's just weird decisions. It's like against the, that match against Malatya where it was nil-nil and then he insists on taking Elneny off and putting Guven Yalcin on the pitch and completely unbalances the team and they hit us twice on the break because he gave away midfield in the 85th minute. And it's just weird decisions sometimes from Avci. And I, I'm not not 100% of the the fault is on him. Like the, like I said, the squad isn't very balanced. But I don't I don't see the benefit at sticking with him either because I I honestly don't think that uh, he's going to turn this around. Uh, I, I said that months ago, and then he went on a six match winning streak. But yeah, I don't know what what's the point. You know, you're just wasting six months with a coach. You know, it's not going to be here next season. Hopefully. Um, all, all I have to say right now is I hope Besiktas sign Aydin Hasic this week and that he gets to play every single remaining minute on the right wing this season. Uh, just let him let, let, let the kid play. Uh, we, we've got 30 points. We're probably not going to relegate. So, <laughs> you know. Anyway, uh, any uh, additional remarks from anyone before we move on to the final match of the match day? It doesn't sound like it, so let's move on to Monday, where Rizespor hosted Gensterli, and a new signing made a big impact. Jakub, take it away. So we're back in the Karadenisbergese. Um, as I as as I have said numerously, um, it's it's unbelievable how well I think um, Jack Rizespor is, is is performing at the moment. Um, there is a lot of props to give to to Ismail Kartal. Um, he, he has he has just for playing some great football. They seem to bounce back on counters really quickly. Um, players like Umar Aminu and Somidio are just really, really just just a lux- luxury on the wings. And um, this was kind of a game of, of of two halves, literally and figuratively. The first half, um, it looked like uh, Gersterbli was really you know going to get some points. Um, they 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 looked like the more dangerous team. But um, the reset defended the reset defended really well. Um, they tried to try their best to force um, uh, the against every league players to to shoot from far, you know, um, to not really approach the goal. They had like um, they had a couple of shots here and there, but they never were really um, shots and positions that that would really um, you know danger uh, danger the keeper of uh, of, of Rize. Uh, uh, Gokhan Akkan, who I think is actually a pretty decent keeper, you know? Um, yeah, I like him a lot, but then he uh, had a horrible performance against Fenerbahce a couple uh, match days ago, I think. Uh, yeah, that's, one, of my, one of my favorite goalkeepers in the league. But, yeah, that, that, that's because yeah. uh, the reserve sport is just uh, Fener's pitch and they just give him free points every time. That's, it. That, that's just the law of, uh, of, of Turkish football. Um, as for... Uh, as for Rize, uh, as I said, the first the first half they weren't really that good. Um, it was it was more against uh, Serbia's half, but they um, they they were great in um, in pushing back when they needed to be pushed back, you know. And um, the second half was just uh, I'm not going to say that it was a a big different game because um, 
the the, the first goal just um, dropped in the in the 17th minute, so it was pretty late into the game, but um, it was it, it was a great um, it it was a weird goal. You had um, um, it was like um, a little battle between uh, Chaykuriza and uh, the player that just dropped the ball in front of Abdullah Durak, who, to be fair, gave a pretty, pretty great cross to um, to Škoda, Milan Škoda. But um, it kind of looked like offside to me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought so too. Yeah, I don't know if it was me. You know, I, 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 I complain about um, the, the viewing angle in the stadium a lot. I don't know if that um, had, had yeah, there's a problem on the floor apps. Yeah. Because it... It looked like he was just offside, and um, you know, Milan Škoda, the new, the new uh, winter, winter uh, transfer of uh, of Rizal Sport, just showing that he's uh, showing that he's ready for the league. Um, he he scored both goals this game, but uh, yeah, it, it, I don't know. It 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 uh, it looked like um, it looked like offside to me. And, um, but but the, something that Rizal Sport have been missing throughout the first half of the season with Mustafa El Kabir's injury we spoke about this just a couple of weeks ago they really miss a good striker and uh milan Škoda is a player very experienced in the czech league he's 34 years old played for slavia prague for many years scored a lot of goals in the czech league it looks like a good get for them and i don't think he i don't think they even paid a lot of money for him uh, so it was oh he went he, he, came, he came transfer free so you know it was let, let's hope for um for for Chaykuriza Sport that this this works out for him for them because uh, you know I'm even though as a Trabzon Sport fan it's it's nice to see them go down and go up and go down and go up just being being that elevator team that just doesn't know where they should uh, position themselves um, it is always nice to see a fellow Cardinals team in the league um, but I, I I don't know man I, I I'm looking I'm looking at the the Gersterbli squad at the moment and. You know, I don't even think that they have a particular bad squad, but it it seems like it, it really seems like a, a random mishmash of players that just for some reason don't really perform. Um, forward, they, no, have, they they have they they had a slow start, but I think they picked up a decent amount of points at least, and they're okay. You know, but Riza not that easy to beat at home. No, because as I said, I really like Samudia. Uh, Baldwin is also a, a pretty, pretty um, dangerous player. I mean, Umar Aminu is just, you know, everyone knows knows how he is playing. Mm-hmm. Um, I have another question, though. Um, I remember that um, Riza bought or 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 um, loaned uh, um, Barish Aliger from Fenerbahce. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't watch a lot a lot of Fenerbahce games, but I remember when they first got him. I really, really liked yeah. him. Yeah, me too. And he hasn't played a single minute, I think. At the yeah, game. so I don't get it. I don't get it. I yeah, don't know. Me neither. I don't know why. I don't know if Ismail Kartal has some pent up anger at Fenerbahce that he's just taking out on the boy. But, you know. Yeah, it, it's. I always find that frustrating too when, when you loan out a promising player to a club and you expect them to get minutes and then they don't play. It's, it's, it's just such a waste. Send him to Belgium. He'll play there. Yeah, exactly. Belgium, Holland, sent him there. There yeah. they'll develop. Look, uh, yeah. Look um, at Carl Lahren, for heaven's sake. Exactly. I mean, I've got, I've got one thing to say about uh, Milan Škoda, though. Um, he's, you know, his first game, he scored two goals. He's playing in the cold, cold weather of Rize. 
it's not exactly you know a summer there but it looked like you know old milan skoda had no trouble warming up his engine but yeah. yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, yeah uh, actually uh i just bought a new me and kim just bought a new car this week Yeah, Congrats! Did you buy a way too expensive BMW like all the Turks? Nah, nah, nah. We, we, <laughs> we, we we're come on, man. Uh, we 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 stayed modest. We kept it at an Audi. Oh, very nice. Which model? A3. We we had an A3 nice. anyway. Uh, we just went with the the new version now, and uh, very good uh, conditions now, of course, because there's a new model coming in 2020, like in, mm. in July or something, so they're giving some really good uh, discounts right now. Um, anyway, uh, just one more thing I forgot to mention uh, for the Besiktas Sivaspor match. At 1-0, there's a penalty shout on Burak Yilmaz, and honestly, I've looked back at it, and I thought at the time, penalty, but maybe he showed, he just Showed a little, made a little bit too much of a show out of it, but I look back at it and honestly, I, I can't see how VAR didn't didn't call the ref over for that. Um, did did you guys do you guys remember the position I'm talking about? I think it's a long ball from Enzo Rocco. Burak controls it with his chest, and then he gets tapped on the tie by one of the the Siva Sport defenders and it's, goes down. It's a weak call, man. You know, uh, you could say that he's searching for a contact right there. Uh, no, he's not searching for contact because he has uh, he has he has a clear shot at goal. Yeah, yeah but uh, and he's mm-hmm. and the, and the, the replay, defender is behind the replay, him. Can see that. Uh, well, well, we've lost you, so it's, <laughs> for me, for me, that should have gone to VAR, and I think that should have been a penalty because um, it's it's from behind and it's it's clumsy. He has no chance of playing the ball. He has no he has no place of of touching him there anymore. He has no fair chance at the ball, so there, there's no need for for any physical contact anymore. And just after that, lens is pushed over outside, uh, yeah, uh, outside Kudu, the box. Kudu, yeah. Uh, was it? Was it? Oh, sure, it was in Kudu. Yeah, lens is, lens is lens is injured. Oh, of course. Um, sorry, I saw I saw the haircut, and I thought that looks like Jermaine's haircut. But, but that's that's actually the goal that uh, that that fall on Kudu leads to the free kick where Bishtej actually score. But I, honestly, I think that's a, that's a penalty and. Um, it's a potential red card because obviously we know the new double punishment rule where you don't get sent off anymore for an accidental fall. But to me, that's a deliberate uh, a deliberate fall to prevent a 100% scoring opportunity. That's a penalty and a red card still, according to the rules. It should have been because yeah. on this program we uphold the law. And as we all know, I am a man of a law. And when the law is not followed, it makes me a sad panda. Uh, yeah, no, just wanted to get your opinion on that. That said, I still think that <laughs> I still think we would have lost anyway. But you know, anyway, I, 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 that was an important thing I forgot. Anyway, we spoke about uh, all the matches for this match day, so uh, we'll quickly run down the match day twenty, uh, little the match day nineteen fixtures. If I can just bring them up on my app here. Okay, so uh, on Friday we have Genshterbili hosting Gaziantep, so another important match for Genshterbili. Then on Saturday, Kayseri Spore start off with Malatya Spore, an important match for Malatya Spore, maybe to rebound from their poor run of form. They are, of course, winless. Uh, well, they only won once in their last nine games, and I think that was away at Besiktas, so yeah. Uh, then Kasim Pasha are hosting Alanya Spore, and Fenerbahce are hosting 
Bashakshi here, which will be the cracker of Saturday. Then on Sunday, Denizli Spor host Antalya Spor. Gustepe open their new stadium against Besiktas, so that will definitely be one to watch. That one kicks off at midday uh, for us in Europe and 1600 hours in Turkey, so 4 o'clock in the afternoon in Turkey. And then Konya Spor hosts Galatasaray in the evening match. Then on Monday we have two games with Sivaspor hosting Chaikurize and we have... Oh, I... Messed it up. Malatya Spor are actually hosting Trabzonspor on Monday. So who did I confuse with Malatya? Oh, it's Ankara Guju actually, who uh, are away at. Uh, and I just messed up with the stupid app ads here. My bad. So it's Ankara Guju away at Kayseri on uh, Saturday. Another very important relegation battle. Um, yeah, lots to look forward to next week. What we keep in mind from this match day is that Sivaspor got an impressive away win. Trabzonspor also confirming their contendership by trashing Kasim Pasha. And uh, both Fenerbahce and Galatasaray get difficult but important wins uh, ahead of their title challenge. Anyway, I want to thank everyone for joining us here live uh, on the show, of course. Uzer Ginger, Umut Nadere, Jakub Marafol, and Man of the Law, Burak Sezgin. I want to thank you, the listeners, for being with us in 2020. And we hope uh, that you'll continue to listen throughout the rest of the season. Guys, thank you very much. And, uh, yeah, good night. Good night. Good night, dear listeners. Thank you for your time in downloading this podcast. And please do interact with us on Twitter if you'd like to comment or say anything else. We welcome your interaction. Yeah, and please subscribe and give us a review on iTunes and and all the other places where you can give a review. (laughs) And check out uh, Big Heads Media, the network we are now a a part of. There's lots of other fun podcasts you can listen to, uh, including football podcasts, such as, uh, I keep going back to it, but the Serie A show and other football-related podcasts. So go check out Big Heads Media, what else they have to offer. And lastly, shout out to my guys at the Top of Sports subreddit. (laughs) 